Baby, there's a shark in the water. I'm Grace. I'm Bridget. I'm Courtney. And this is the Gossier. And that is a little clue at our main, which I believe went over both Brittany and uh, Brittany. <laughs> Wait, you just combined our names? <laughs> I guess I did. I'm all about efficiency. Quick PSA before we get into the pod. If you follow us on Instagram, you know we launched a Patreon. If you are loving this podcast and you want more, you can join the Patreon. There's a couple different levels. You can get a shout out on the podcast, a weekly newsletter with all that you have to tell me is that we didn't have time to get to, special episodes, and if you pay enough money, you can get like unfiltered video content of unedited pod. And you can only imagine if the pod we put out is edited, what do we cut out? Patreon.com slash the Gossier. Let's start as we always do with our first segment, which is called You Have to Tell Me. You Have to Tell Me is the segment where me, Courtney, and Bridget bring in gossip that we want to talk about. So, Courtney, you have to tell me women on TikTok are making fun of misogynist white male podcasters. Yes, and as they should. Okay, so... I, of course, got this information from reading the news because I'm not on TikTok, but there has been a TikTok trend going on this week because there are uh, these, uh, there's a podcast that is hosted by three white dudes, obviously, called the No Filter Podcast. And I do not suggest you check it out. I debated even saying the name, but on the show uh, this week, they were talking about postpartum bodies like uh, of their girlfriends, their wives, etc. And one of the men announced that if he said, quote, if my wife lets herself go after I have kids with her, I'm going oh. to tell her once, if you don't get your shit together, dot, 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 if you can't do that, I'm out. And then another one added, I still want to be sexually attracted to my wife, to my spouse, my girlfriend too. And then all the hosts were like, yeah, bro. Yeah. And then once they faced backlash, they doubled down and they were like, we're not sorry. It's also not only about weight gain after childbirth. It's also about mental health as well as physical health. We feel like it is very important to hold spouses, both men and women to a high standard, which is just like only a dude would say that because I mean, I haven't had a baby bless, but like from everything I hear, it's like your body it's like you truly have no control over it. I so this past week, I guys, I got TikTok. Yes. And I'm so excited for you. My my breaking point was that the astro world was an entry point to hell, a demonic portal. And once I heard that story and that came from TikTok, I was like, I, I gotta have, get in there. I gotta get in there. Took less than a day for me to realize I am totally on queer women TikTok. I get a lot of bisexual and lesbian TikToks and they have been like going at this guy. Also because there's this happens every once in a while. There's a filter that's out right now that everyone's using to do this called bearded cutie. Every time there's a filter like this, the meme that everyone does is like, oh, if you wouldn't like be attracted to the male version of yourself, lower the standards. Oh, yeah. Haha. This one, everyone's like, oh, my God, I look like a podcaster. This one person, Hey, Hey, MV, she began with this filter that Grace just talked about spoofing the idea of being a white male podcaster. And so I have two videos that I want to share. 
evolutionary reason why women aren't funny. And look, I'm a science guy, right? I'm a data guy. I love Excel spreadsheets. And what she got to bring to the table. And what she got to bring to the table. And what she got to bring to the table. I love that, first of all. And then this is my favorite one about if men should uh, keep their, their hair from falling out as they age. The least you could do is to have hair. As males grow older, their natural hairline recedes and they lose their value. That's what drew me to you was my attract, like I was attracted to you. And with every hair that falls off, I'm less and less attracted to you. And if you start balding after we get married, which happens all too often, you know, it's like, if you're going to let that happen, I don't know if I can stay around. You know? It's just a preference. It's, it's just, just a, a preference. I love TikTok for this reason, even though I'm not on it all day, every day. But these women just took those men to task. And how I heard about the story originally is that I receive a newsletter from this writer, Liz Plank. And her argument is that if women have to have a waiting period to get an abortion, white men should have a waiting period to start a podcast after they think about doing it, which I think is hilarious. I think everyone should have a waiting period before they yeah. start a podcast. Honestly, maybe we should have waited. <laughs> Bridget, you have to tell me, Dare is going after Euphoria? Man, can you believe it? I can. Yeah, in fact, it makes perfect sense. I don't understand how Dare is still an organization. That's, but yeah, haven't you failed? I wonder that all the time because every now and then I'll see one standing outside the grocery store with like a petition about drugs with their little shirt on. And I was like, it's like, haven't you given up the fight? Oh, by I now? thought we ended right. the war on drugs. I thought they were all like that was a made up Reagan thing to go to. Well, yeah, but then we had the opioid crisis, which was a totally unexpected oh, variant. <laughs> that probably helped bring it back. <laughs> but I do feel like at least my experience with D.A.R.E. was it was very much like marijuana was like one that they really focused on and then like coke and i guess like heroin but like it's like weed is like we're all chill with weed now so like what what are you trying to do dare i'm from iowa during like the meth epidemic (laughs) and so my whole dare program was like please don't do meth (laughs) please and to be fair to dare there is a storyline on euphoria right now where zendaya is doing fentanyl she's not doing weed Let's talk about it. So Dare had this press release said, rather than further each parent's desire to keep their children safe from the potentially horrific consequences of the drug abuse and other high risk behavior, HBO's drama Euphoria chooses to misguidedly glorify and erroneously depict high school drug use, addiction, anonymous sex, violence, and other destructive behaviors as common and widespread in today's world. My huge issue with this is that I've never walked away from a euphoria episode and think, wow, that looks awesome. Well, and (laughs) also this is my thing because there's a lot of discourse about euphoria right now because it's airing. Um, And I am currently hyper fixating on euphoria. And I think the main problem that I have with the discourse around it is that the argument is usually like, we shouldn't be seeing minors doing this. Like, that's not accurate. It is accurate. Minors yeah. are doing this. And to be fair, this show isn't for minors. And I get that it's a streaming service. You can only keep so many people out. I just think it's a it's asking the show to do a number of things, which 
no show can do everything. I do think they are working explicitly hard at not glamorizing Zendaya specifically. And Sam Levinson, the creator, has even talked about it, that in season one, he kind of underestimated how likable Zendaya is. So he in this season is like trying to make her do awful things to be even more unlikable so that people finally turn on her. And oh, man, rue girl. And she again this season, she did the first season and this season again, she put out her own warning saying, you know, this is a show that's for adults. Don't let your children watch the show. And I mean, to be fair to Dare, there are other characters on the show who do drugs, not just rue. And when some of them do it, it looks fun at first, but then they end up masturbating on a carousel. It's not fun. <laughs> this is so okay. Maybe I start Euphoria. You got to start. So it. It's incredible. I know. I know that I'll like it. I have heard what's interesting because we discussed last week when we talked about prom. I did not like drink. I didn't do anything risky in high school. Mm-hmm. I've heard two main responses to Euphoria. One being from people who had similar high school experiences to me saying, that is nothing like what high school is like. It's just like so crazy. I don't know anyone in high school who did that. And then I hear people who are like, it is so accurate. That is exactly what my high school was like. Everyone was on drugs. And I'm just like, whoa. And also, this is the other thing about Euphoria that shocked me when I first started watching it. The talk about it is like everyone's doing drugs all the time. There is a very normal character who doesn't do drugs. Incredible. And no one talks about Lexi. Now they are this season. Mod Apatow, queen. But she's just oh, like going to ask if it's the Mod Apatow character. She, yeah, she's literally the whole first season. She doesn't do any drugs. She doesn't do any of the bullshit everyone else is doing. And this season, she's literally putting on a play representation. Wow. Yeah. There's plenty of normal characters. But of course, that's not what the sensational clickbaity stuff is. Well, yeah. And I think it does a great job of pointing out how teens really are in a stressful part of their lives and will do drugs and sex because one, because why not? But two, like it's a, it's a way to cope. It's a way to figure out who they are. Like there's so many layers to that. And that they'll do things that are stupid just because they're bored and it's fun. Like they will do things that are actively detrimental to them because they are bored in the suburbs. Yeah. And again, I do think that Euphoria does not glamorize Rue being addicted to no. fentanyl. She makes everyone miserable on the show. She gaslights her own sister. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Bro. I'm gaslighting my sister right now. Yeah. And it's working. Dare, I understand, but you're trying to be relevant by hopping on the it girl of the moment. And dare, you will never be the it girl. They're just, I bet they're on the chopping block. At I feel whatever, like they've been on the chopping block for 20 on the years. federal on the federal budget. And they're like, we've got to hold on. There's still drugs in our culture. Joe Biden is like, they're still doing weed. Do you guys, yes. Oh, my God. They're yeah, asking like, me to legalize. It's it. actually Joe Biden who doesn't understand euphoria using dare as a mouthpiece. Yeah. Joe Biden's like, can you do something with euphoria? And dare's like, I don't know. It kind of feels like they're not really glamorizing it. And he's like, that's the thing everyone's talking about. That'll get play. That'll get them to stop doing drugs. So I won't have to federally legalize marijuana. Yeah. Grace, you have to tell me you saw Rebecca Black in concert. I did. So I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast probably knows who Rebecca Black is because If you're listening to a gossip podcast, odds are you have seen her seminal hit Friday. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down 
backstory on Friday for those who don't remember or don't know. Basically, Rebecca Black had really rich parents. They paid for a program that was like, oh, make your own music video. And they would write a song for you and you would perform it and you'd get a music video. And this just seems like kind of a fun thing. There's a lot of videos on this like company, but for whatever reason, this one blew up. I did not realize how horrible the lyrics are until just now. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. It has seeped into my bones, that song. And I just now, for the first time, listened to it with eyes open. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even get to the part where she says, yesterday was Thursday, today it is Friday, tomorrow is Saturday, and Sunday comes afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) Shakespeare who? Great, great economy of words there. So that was like a funny meme in 2011. 10 years ago, she was coming to Troubadour in West Hollywood. My friend Eric texted me. He's going to be on the pod later. And he was like, you want to see Rebecca Black? Tickets are $24. Now to me, to see Friday perform live, that's worth $24. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, okay, I'll go see Rebecca Black. The vibes at this concert were totally insane. Number one, it's a pretty small venue. There's like a floor and there's like benches above the floor. And we got there early enough that we're like, oh, let's just go sit in the benches. The front row of the benches was reserved, but we're like, whatever. So we're sitting, we're hanging out. The first opener is a DJ act. They're called Dagger. There were two of them. I'm not sure if they were both the DJs or if one was one's girlfriend or if like one was a girlfriend that like is like, oh, I really want to be involved in DJing. And you would think it would be easy to figure out because it would be the person who's controlling the computer or the one who's wearing the headphones. They kept switching headphones. Oh, nice. I like this. So I was like, okay, who is the, the DJ? The is that the DJ is backstage DJing and these two people are just on stage. They're, yeah, protecting. they're front people. Actually, one of them ended up running the sound for Rebecca later. So I think she was the real DJ and she was uh, the one I thought was the real DJ. So go me. Then the second opener was one of the most insane performers I've ever seen. She came on stage in a white puffy dress and was like yelling. She's like, I know you all are excited to see me. I don't know who she is. So I love that energy. But you know, when someone comes on stage at a concert yelling, you're like, oh, I wonder what their voice is going to sound like. Because you're like, oh, I wonder what they're going to sound like when they're singing. She just yelled. Every song was yelling. Consistency. There was a part where she was like, I know there's someone in the music industry here. If anyone in the music industry is here, tell Charlie Puth I love him. What? Oh my God. She went on for so long. And then Rebecca Black came out. She's just like the person to stall until Rebecca Black was actually in ask, the building. Were they just like, we need someone. We need someone to come on stage. And they're like, you in the puffy dress. No, she's like big on Spotify. Oh, really? She, we looked her up. She has like a lot of listeners. I think she's pretty popular in Japan. And one of her songs, she says, went big on TikTok, but not on the side of TikTok I'm on. But it has a lot of streams, so it must have. So there's a little break between her and Rebecca Black. And as that's happening, a bunch of people move into the front row of the bench section where we're sitting, including an 88-year-old woman in a Rebecca Black t-shirt. Do you think it was her grandma? It was indeed her grandma. And her mom and dad were there. And basically her whole entire family, because as you may or may not know, she grew up in Orange County. Yeah, all those tracks. Let me also talk about who else was in the audience. Because you might think, who's spending $20 to go see Rebecca Black? And the thing you would think is probably like, oh, some millennials who liked Friday, people who are looking for a show. There were so many 
pervert. No. Oh. <laughs> no. There were so many like middle-aged men there alone wearing Friday era merch. No, that's horrible. And she's released other music since then, which actually is pretty good. I didn't know until I went to the show, but it's actually pretty good. But all these people were wearing T-shirts from when she was underage. And there was one man sitting in front of us who was doing who was one of these men. And he kept picking at his ears and he was filming every single song. No. So there were a lot of perverts there. I once performed at a brony festival. Why? You know what a brony is? Oh, it's a bro who likes My Little Pony. Yeah, but it, it's like, as I found out, it's all kinds It's of deeper people. than that. Yeah, it's oh. very deep. Actually, it was funny because then after performing at the Brony Festival, I went to Christmas at a friend's house and her little brother was wearing a My Little Pony shirt. And I was like, are you a brony? Oh, and he no. was like, yeah, but don't like the family doesn't get it. <laughs> like, we, I bet like, they don't. Obviously, you get it. It was so funny. But this kind of same weird situation of like, there's kids, there's a bunch of like, younger people who are just there to like rave and like have yeah. a good time. And then there's like these pockets of creepy old guys just hanging yeah. out there. There were some people who were there for the openers. There's some people who clearly just like walked to see what was playing that night. And it was Rebecca Black. But yeah. there were some people who like, they look like they drove hours to get yeah. there in their Friday oh. t-shirt. Oh. Cringe. It was truly deranged. The vibes were insane. But here's what I will say about Rebecca Black. She's very into hyper pop now. She's a hyper pop girly. She has some great new music, but she also released a hyperpop remix of Friday, which we're going to listen to just for you to hear the difference since we heard the first one. live was worth $40. Yeah, for sure. I am jealous. I am so jealous. Did she do both versions? No, she just did this one and it was the encore. She made us cheer this for her is to do this. super smart. She's got internet culture. Yes. She's use, reusing that song and that it's just like how Lil Nas kept out playing different variations of his songs. She's got good people behind her. Good for her. She was made fun of for years for this song. And she could so easily have been like, I'm dying my hair. I'm going. Yeah, hiding. I'm never doing shit again. Yeah. And she said, no, I have this thing that was dropped to my lap. I'm going to make the best of it. Yeah. So if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend seeing Rebecca Black in concert. It is worth every single penny. <laughs> Courtney, you have to tell me the Chilean president is obsessed with Taylor Swift. Yes. OK, so technically he's a president elect. I don't know when he becomes officially the president. But as we all know, there's been some beef between Taylor and Damon Albarn from Gorillaz yeah. this past week. You guys are both familiar. I don't yeah. need to get into it too much. He basically accused her of not writing her songs. She was like, fuck you. I do write my songs. Iconic. And then he tried to backpedal saying it was taken out of context. Uh, but if I you read the context, it, was. it wasn't taken out of context. It was quite within the context. So everyone, obviously, all the Swifties jumped to her side. We're, you know, basically telling this guy to just like die. I don't know. Yeah. Basically, defend, you know, as Swifties do. But Gabrielle Boric, a 35 year old former student leader who will be inaugurated as Chile's president in March, wrote on Twitter to Taylor Swift. Here in Chile, you have a huge group of supporters who knows that you write your own songs from the heart. 
Don't take seriously guys that need insult or lie to get attention. Hugs from the South, Taylor. And that enough is like perfect. But it turns out that he is like a well-known Swift stan, which I did not know. He's a Swift. And he reportedly carries a wallet-sized photo of her with him, which is just like, I want this guy to be the president of the United States. I was going to say, I can see why everyone voted for him. I felt like it was kind of adorable until the picture thing. And then I felt the old guy at the Rebecca Black (laughs) feeling again. I think the picture would be creepy if he's just carrying a picture around. But because he's responding to this specific controversy, it's clear he listens to the music. You know, because if he just thought she was hot, he wouldn't. It almost feels like a hiding in plain sight thing. I don't I don't know. (laughs) Maybe if he shuts down Damon Albarn, I don't really care. (laughs) He was being mean. I think it also depends on how old she is in the photo. What what is the photo? Yeah, let's see the photo. (laughs) That's actually a very good point. Bridget, you have to tell me Nick Cage is a goth. Nicholas Cage is going around doing some promo for his new movie where he plays a fictionalized version of himself called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I did see a trailer for this and it looks good. I remember hearing about because I didn't they make the film specifically for him and like pitched it to him. And so it made headlines that like, I think so. Nicholas Cage is going to play himself. And so I've been kind of excited about this since then. So he did an interview with the L.A. Times, and I guess they must have asked him about his crow. And he says, crows are very intelligent and I like their appearance, the Edgar Allan Poe aspect. I like the goth aspect. I am a goth. Him saying that it just clarifies so much of the mystique about him. So hold on. Point of clarification. During the interview, was there like a crow there? It seems like it was something he just revealed to them. And the crow's name is Hoogan, and he lives in a geodesic dome at the his Las Vegas home. So he is a pet crow. Yeah. That talks to him, by the way. This is what I admire. Making a reporter listen to this for the L.A. Times, no less. Being like, you're going to write about this. I'm Nicholas yes. Cage. Yeah. Pull a quote from this bitch. And the <laughs> reporter's like, I will. I guess you're goth now. He also has a cat named Tigra. He's going to be playing Dracula in another upcoming film called Renfield. I didn't know that. I'm excited. As you know, I love vampires. Yeah. And I'm sure he's done vampire shit. You, do you think he's drunk blood? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Here's my hot take. Number one, I think vampires are real. Let's Let's get that on the table. Number two, I think based on the portrayals of vampires in the media, we can make assumptions about vampires because we have to assume that some vampires have like risen the ranks to be development executives. So I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Nicolas Cage is a vampire. Yeah, I think it fits. I know that makes me sound truly literally insane. I wasn't on board at the beginning, but you know, I'm coming around to finding some sort of sense in this argument. And he is a Coppola. He is? Yeah, he's oh, like yeah. a cousin. Isn't yeah, he? like a nephew, I thought. Something like that, where it's like not really like a, he's not Sophia Coppola. Well, that's why he changed his name. He's like Sophia's Coppola's first cousin. Yeah. Oh, OK. He didn't want uh, bias. <laughs> if the premise of vampires are real is 
if we're accepting that as truth. Oh yeah, I'm we accepting are. it. <laughs> I, <would> make- <laughs> I did a sex with ghost episode about it. Oh, I should listen to it. I've never had strong feelings about vampires. So this is very interesting to Whoa. me. And you went to Catholic school? <laughs> you literally drank the blood of Christ. Yeah, you were drinking the blood of Christ. You were a vampire. <laughs> oh my God, I'm a fucking vampire. For our middle segment this week, we are bringing back the triumphant return of a fan favorite segment. That's right. It's Biden Bites. Joe Biden was up to a lot this week. First of all, maybe starting World War Three. Love it. Most notably. A lot is up in the air, number one, and I don't understand every part of it. Okay, I will say all of the Russia-Ukraine diplomatic conversations slash I want to put diplomatic in like quotes yes. and uh because I don't know how diplomatic it is and uh all the NATO stuff I find very convoluted and confusing yes. yeah but that's kind of the invention of NATO by design here's what I understand of it and if I'm incorrect I'm sorry to listeners but this is just a girl explaining what she understands to hopefully help you NATO is like basically an alliance of countries but the problem yes. with NATO is it's generally been like pretty Eurocentric yes Usually the point of it was kind of to weaken ties or one point of it, not the only point of it. One point of Europe was to weaken ties between Germany and Russia, because basically the most power in Europe is held between Paris, France and Germany. And if you lose Germany, it becomes a much weaker conglomerate. But Germany has been working with Russia to build this pipeline. So like they're kind of getting more teamed up. A little chummy. But developed after World War II, right? NATO? Yeah, I think it was a World War II resolve. Like we're inventing NATO because... To keep one country from having too much power, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So because of this, America has been really working on their relationships all around because they don't want to go to war. That was all kind of ruined when Donald Trump was being really friendly with Putin because then Germany's like, oh, if he's going to work with Putin, I'm going to work with Putin too. So now NATO's not so clear. So basically what started all this is Putin wants to take over Ukraine. Basically, NATO is like, oh, well, Ukraine, like maybe could someday join NATO. And Putin's like, I don't want that to happen. So now I'm definitely going to take over Ukraine. Right. And now they're like, whoa, we didn't say we wanted Ukraine to join NATO. We were just like thinking maybe sometime in the future. But no, now a bunch of troops are on high alert. They like moved people towards the border, border, right? They're like running drills, whatever. So the Pentagon puts them on high alert. The U.S. sent weapons over there, even though I'm still waiting for my four free COVID tests. Yeah, yeah. literally. I, God, mine still haven't come either. That's my quick overview on World War Three. Do you want to hear Britney Spears' statement? Yes. Yeah. Of course. When I used to do shows, I had to wear two layers of tights every night. The one night I cheated and said no and didn't cover my legs, I swear I danced and moved way faster with nothing on them. This bathing suit is actually expensive. It kind of looks like a costume, but it's cool to see my legs raw. People don't know this, but when I did Vegas, I was never allowed to go to the spa. They didn't want me having coffee or tea, so my friends from home would show up going to the spas drinking champagne. No lying, I was the loser working and entertaining them at night. Doesn't sound like a good deal to me either. So on this beautiful day here in Maui, I'm here to remind them all that being treated like an equal individual doesn't require much. Just respect. P.S. Are we going to war? (laughs) Oh my God. Brittany. I know I lost you in the middle there. Well, I thought... A lot of people, the gossip rags are all saying that has to do with their family. I think it's funnier if it's about Russia and Ukraine. I definitely like that take way more and find that way more fascinating than if it is about her family. So funny. 
So now, yes, that's definitely about World War Three. What's also up with Joe Biden this week is Stephen Breyer, who is on the Supreme Court, is retiring with the express purpose of Joe Biden appointing a new liberal judge to the court, something that RBJ couldn't get her shit together to do. Two to three names of black women judges that are being passed around. And they're all like between like 40 and 50, meaning that it would be iconic because they would be on the court, presumably for like 40 years. Yeah, I'm very when I saw this news, I was like stoked. I mean, because obviously it doesn't change the like number of liberal justices unless, you know, Biden decides to just, I don't know, add more people, which he totally could. But seeing that I was like just relieved because I, I, I don't have a very positive outlook for the coming years as far as how the po- uh, politics will swing in this country. And so I'm glad that Joe Biden will get this opportunity. He better not fuck it up. Yeah, I was going to say. So he said he wants to appoint a black woman. What do you think the odds are he doesn't? I actually think he will. I think he's getting he will too close too. to midterms to fuck around. Yeah, exactly. Because that's like the conversation right now is like, this is what he promised. This is what he promised. And like, I know he's promised a lot of things that haven't happened, but I do think that image wise, this one is like way more in the forefront of people's mind. Like, I think people will come for it's, him in a way they come for him on other things. It's an easy one. It's what the conservatives did to get Judge Clarence Thomas on there yeah. is like, mm-hmm. we're going to find a guy who is still super conservative, even though we as a party hate black people, but this will make it look like we don't hate black people. And right. that's exactly what Biden's doing, which is fine. But the most important thing is how much how much control the Justice Department actually has, which is a lot. So this is amazing. I think he needs to deliver on some kind of promise, obviously, because he really hasn't been. Yeah, I feel like this one is like easy for him to actually do. Yeah. And, And not not because like people are standing in the way. I mean, just like him mentally being able to be like, oh, I can do this with like little backlash. You can find a woman who's a centrist, a black woman who's a centrist. Yeah, who is who you can kind of push through and hopefully Mitch McConnell doesn't block, try to block it because then he'll be called a racist and people are going to lose their minds and love it. This is perfect political theater. And Bernie Sanders also made a statement that was basically like, I think this is something that will like prove to the people that we actually can use the majority they voted us into. Which kind of too little too late. I think the damage might already be done for midterms. I think we're losing this majority pretty quick. For sure. Thanks for trying. Thanks for playing. I would be surprised if we left the midterms with a Democratic supermajority. Yeah. Yeah. I would be I would be shocked. I'll vote. I'll do my best. But I live in California. What's my vote? Yeah. Right. I'll show up. We're all on the same page here. Not all of us, but the majority of us. Outlook is bleak. Outlook not so good, as Magic 8 Balls often say. But now it's time for a little levity in Biden bites uh, outside of World War Three and the doom of Roe v. Wade. Biden on a hot mic called a Fox reporter a son of a bitch. I love it. So good. He said, like, you stupid son of a bitch. And apparently he reached out privately to clear the air with this reporter. I hope privately he went, you were being a stupid son of a bitch. Yeah. So I called you a stupid son of a bitch. I also love the headlines of this that they phonetically wrote stupid son of a bitch like 
the headlines I was seeing was like, it wasn't like son of a bitch. It was like, they wrote out son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like it's you and BA. Well, I love the headlines I saw at first. They were like bearing what he actually said. Oh yeah. They didn't all want to put it in the headline. So like the New York Times article was like caught on a hot mic. Biden calls a reporter something vulgar. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it's going to be something like you dummy. Like poopy head <laughs> or whatever. When he said to Donald Trump, come on, man. And everyone was like, yes, King. As soon as I read that, he called him a stupid son of a bitch. I was like, Joe Biden, you got my vote. Right. I know. Do this, this like, more. I know. I know that's like his whole thing is like gaffes or whatever. And how like during the when he was running, I was very turned off by them. But this did make me giggle. And I was like, that's right. You call him a stupid son of a bitch. That's like way back when he was running for president. They were like, he is so dangerous because it came up when he was the the VP. Is it like he talks too much and he says things like son of a bitch. So people were worried. But now that Trump (laughs) came through, it really cleared the way for him. Right. Here's the thing. I think some people deserve to be treated a little meanly. Yeah. If they're being stupid sons of bitches, especially Fox News. Yeah. As long as he also agrees that Fox News is made up by a bunch of assholes like Joe Biden, we can ride together. You know, this is like my version. Him calling a reporter a stupid son of a bitch is like my version of wanting to get a beer with the person running for president. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to get a beer with him. I just want to hear him say that. That works for me. Would you call a Fox reporter a stupid son of a bitch? Right. Exactly. And that is like the level like that I need to rank them at. I wonder if they found that out in the numbers. Because he's been dipping and it's like, what would make Joe Biden more relatable? You know what libs really hate? They hate Fox News. Yeah. Call one of the reporters a son of a bitch. I think that's giving the strategy team so much credit. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. But would I be surprised? No. But if they're doing it, good move. It's working, baby. Can you imagine being the guy who's like, yeah. And then I told him, just call a guy a son of a bitch. Just do it just one time. Just choose one of them. Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> that guy has a podcast. <laughs> He's like, I can't do it on the air. And they're like, we'll just keep the mic on and you do it off air, dude. Right. Exactly. Like, it's perfect. It looks like an accident. And then Joe actually forgot about it and then accidentally blurted it. <laughs> Yeah, they told him to call him like a real dickhead. And he's like, stupid son of a bitch. And they're like, oh, he went off boat. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> we love an improviser. Improv King. He said, yes, and. He punched it up. He punched up the joke. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, there's now a first cat. And Bridget, you know more about the first cat. Than I, was I, say, I feel like I remember them talking about this a few months ago. Like they were going to adopt a cat. Oh, but yeah. Is it new? Did they just get it? I mean, it broke this morning while we were recording. <laughs> oh, whoa. But they got a first cat named Willow. And I thought I saw somewhere that they said it was like the first first cat. But also, if you go back in like presidential history, presidents used to have like all kinds of weird animals out on their lawn. Like monkey. Yeah, like monkeys, peacocks, cows. It was a wild time <laughs> for animal rights. <laughs> Is it a pretty cat? Also, I'm surprised they didn't name it like Sergeant. It's, or like, oh, yeah. Commander. Yeah, Colonel. The Nazi. <laughs> Corporal. Private. The fur. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, don't, I was like, I honestly don't know what the German, the SS, the Gestapo is yeah, a lovely name. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Gestapo is a lovely name for a cat. She's a, or I don't know if I just assume the sex of this cat, but 
It's a gray cat and it's named Willow after Dr. Joe Biden's hometown. Oh, is she sure it's not after the character on Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer or the hit Taylor <laughs> Swift song? That's like it could realistically be one of those. And then they're just like, no, it's hometown, hometown. And she's like, what? I can't say I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then no, Joss Whedon's trending in a bad way. <laughs> did a competition among all world leaders to submit a name. And the Chilean president submitted Willow. And they were like, oh, that's perfect. Not knowing it was a Taylor Swift reference. That is this week's Biden Bites. So for our main topic today, we have a guest. He is listener of the pod, friend of the pod, Eric, and Degrassi expert. Eric, introduce yourself. Whatever it takes. I know I can make it through. I'm Eric. (laughs) I love it. Eric, tell us why you are so qualified to talk about Degrassi. I mean, an expert, I really think was a reach, but I'm (laughs) what I lack in expertise. I do make up for in passion. I've been watching Degrassi since I was too young to be watching Degrassi. I just love it. It's such a good show. I have a question because you just said new grassy. This yeah. is something I've never understood. What is there are multiple Degrassi's? Yes. yes. So like an old one, a new one, and then like a newer one too? Or yes. What? yes. So the one okay. I am passionate about is Degrassi, the next generation. So obviously that was preceded by something, right? So we have Degrassi. I think it actually really did start as like an after school special. And then yeah. a few years after that, it they started the series Degrassi Junior High. And then the kids got older, so we got Degrassi High, and then they ended with Degrassi Schools Out. And then fast forward, I want to say ended early 90s. So then like 10 years later, we get Degrassi The Next Generation, which is we're like brought into it by the class reunion of like some of the original cast members. Interesting. And we have Spike Nelson, her daughter that she had on the show. Her teen pregnancy, Emma, is now of middle school age and going to Degrassi. Got it. And is that the one that Drake is on? Is that yes. who it was Drake? Yes. Aubrey okay. Graham okay. as Jimmy Brooke. Okay. Now, did you watch any of the previous iterations? My dad at like a yard sale got some DVDs. <laughs> so yeah, I've seen them and they would like once when Degrassi was like at its height, they would play them sometimes on the end. Oh, okay. So yeah, I would watch them. Some good 80s hair, good 80s style. It's also just funny to see like the adults, you know, on the Degrassi show, like their parents and teachers. And then you see them as like derpy little kids. Are a lot of the parents and teachers on the Degrassi show from the original, like the one teacher who, what's his name? Mr. Simpson. Yes. Is he an original Degrassi member? Yes. Or is he a new guy? <gasps> I never knew that. I only watched uh, Degrassi, The Next Generation, because I'm famously young. And I was kind of, I guess I wouldn't have been the same age as them. I guess I would have been younger than them. So I would have been behind. Because when I was in high school, it was like the Eli Clare era of Degrassi. Uh, yes. Which unfortunately had a chokehold on me. Oh, I see. see and- I only watched the old ones. And I've never watched any of it. Oh, wow. okay. Cool. So we just, we span the whole spectrum. Yeah. yeah. So I had a question about, so they just announced a reboot, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so are, is the idea, do you know that like the people from the next generation are now going to be the teachers in this one? And do they like continue that thread? That I don't know. I would mm-hmm. hope so, but 
I I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, I do think that's probably what they would do. And also a lot of the main characters from Degrassi, the next generation, it's not like they're like busy. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Super like busy. Drake's not going to come on. Drake might do like one episode. Might do a cameo. Because Drake Max. is still famously friends with a lot of them. Yeah, well, he had his music video that was like a whole Degrassi reunion. It was so cool for us, the fans. Yeah, because as many know on this podcast group, and also if you're listening, I am obsessed with Nina Dobrev. Yes. Famously on Degrassi. She is still friends with Drake. Oh. You know what? She had a daughter on the show, so maybe her daughter could be grown up. That makes oh. sense. Because, but also, so did, didn't Liberty have a baby or did something happen to that baby? Liberty had a baby, but they gave it up because JT attempted suicide via <gasps> Oxycontin. Yikes. It was a rough time. Oh. Early, mid 2000s. Yeah, he was working at a pharmacy at the time and stealing Oxy to sell to make money for oh. the baby. And then he was depressed. So um, he took a whole handful yeah. of them. Don't uh, don't do your own. What is it? Don't do your own supply. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Don't get high on your own supply. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch? So Netflix did a reboot. Right, Degrassi Next Class. Did you watch any of that? No. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> that. So did that come after Next Generation? Yes. yes. It was very oh, saved okay. by the Bell Next Class. It didn't look good, unfortunately. But the HBO Max one, I have faith. Then I like do really think I will commit to watching it. Do you think there will be a euphoriafication of Degrassi in the reboot? Oh, or do you think they're going to stick to question. like the kind of original Degrassi vibe, which is kind of cool after school special? And I say that with love. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's a thought and a concern I had. I really hope not, because I think one thing that makes Degrassi like so nice is how earnest it is in it. It can be very like cheesy after school special, but like. I do think they approach the issues like, well, they can be heavy handed. But I do think that they generally it is. I think earnest is a good word. for it Yeah, because it is like they're going to cover every issue under the sun. It might be a little heavy handed. But I do think also the plus about Degrassi versus Euphoria is that it's a teen show for teens. Right. Yeah. Like Degrassi is meant for kids growing up. And so, yeah, it does have that kind of after school special energy. But that's because kids are watching it after school. Yeah. And that's actually one thing I like loved about it is that the kids that played the kids looked like kids, which, yeah. you know, in an era of like CW teen dramas where they're like 30 year olds saying they're 13. And I think a lot of them for the most part were age accurate, at least at the beginning, like Emma and Manny. Yeah. And when Drake started in Nina Dobrev. But I think as it went on, it got a little like higher up because... It got a little bit like early 20s, but still not in the same way that the CW is like. I always wondered if that was because it was Canadian and like I think Canadians seem way more earnest than Americans. Well, also because I think it because it shot in Toronto, I think it was probably easier for kids to like, I don't know, to film. I think it's probably easier Better for labor kids laws. to like not be in like a mecca of the entertainment industry. You know, oh, like yeah. it's different. Like they can. They go, they probably go to class on set, whatever, but it's different than like shooting something in LA because when you're off the clock, you're in LA, you're a teen star, you're being invited to premieres, you're being invited to parties, 
in Toronto, it doesn't have quite that same energy to my knowledge. So I think it's easier for the kids to like go to work and then like go home and kind of be normal kids. That's a good point. That's yeah. Theorizing. Insightful. Love that. I don't know much about how it works in Toronto, but I would venture a guess that you could be accurate. Because not to make this about the vampire diaries, but I will. Um, The Vampire Diaries famously shot the entire show in Georgia. And because of that, a lot of the stars of the Vampire Diaries didn't really take off as like personalities. And they have since reflected on the reason being like they couldn't just fly out to L.A. for a party. They had to be at work in the morning. Yeah. So most of their like Mm. social life was just like hanging out in a normal way. So it kind of kept them kind of away from that fame, but also kind of away from the things that would have been problematic for young actors coming up so i think that probably had a hand in degrassi as well that's a good point yeah i never thought about that but i love that (laughs) i'm a thinker i do have if we have questions we don't have to watch this but i do have this shark in the water water promo pulled up oh yeah Um, i want to know this i need to know this reference so this has been getting a lot of play this is when i was watching degrassi this is season 10 of degrassi next generation season 10 jesus how long did it went on it had 14 total. Wow. Episodes per season. Who knows? Who knows the expert here? They grow, (laughs) they shrink. The first season only had 15. And then they had a few seasons where it was like around 20. But then there was a point where we're having like 40 episode seasons. What? Mm -hmm. What My fucking God. Wait, okay. Uh, And are they like hour long episodes or like 45 minutes? No, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Okay. But, you know, it was that thing where they would do like a mid-season finale. Yeah. And there's a lot of characters. A lot of characters. Here's my question. At what point, like how much time has there actually been in between each iteration of Degrassi? And at what point is it just a continuation? And at what point is it a reboot? Most of what we're talking about right now is Next Generation, which is all continuous, no time between them. But basically it like recycles. So there's a big right. class as they- as they grow up, younger people get introduced. And so we always have like this rotating class and people graduate and leave. I was going to say, so it, it is every season is like a year of school. So it is yes. like you just watch 14 mm, years more, of school. Kinda. Yeah, more or less. Wow. But yeah, Girl. we do follow like some of them into college. And then after they like, they kind of just phase them out at one point. Yeah. Or there's some characters that like, there's one who's like kind of a townie. Yeah. Craig. Oh, well. Oh. My boyfriend. Just kidding. (laughs) The point is, so this promo came out around season 10, which is kind of, I'm not going to say a golden age, but Degrassi Next Generation was highly popular at this time. Yes. And mostly because there was this introduction in my time. This is what I understand. There's a lot of characters that were very big, but Eli and Claire are a couple that were very huge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Eclair. I don't totally know why. Yeah, <laughs> is that was their e- name. Yeah. yeah that oh. wait, no, but that that's great. Right. I love it. Por- oh, I love it. Claire was like a good girl. Eli was like an emo boy. It had a chokehold on girls in high school at the time, namely me. <laughs> namely girls named Grace Piper. Yeah, namely Grace Piper in high school. So they released this promo, which is getting a lot of play as the reboot is being talked about because. It was a cultural reset. It was so good. It was iconic. And honestly, this isn't even something that I'll play much of in the episode because the video is what's iconic, not necessarily the song. No, no. Watch your mouth. The song's iconic, too. The song is iconic. Yeah, the song actually really is. These are all characters on Degrassi. All these actors you see are actors who are on Degrassi. So that was Holly J. Sinclair. Incredible. Loved her. 
Riley Stubbs for You can see a lot of what they're going to deal with based on these yeah, intros. This is the trans character dealing with their identity. <laughs> and I will tell you when Eli and Clea come. Oh, I was so in love with this man. Oh my god, sad man And I was in love with this couple. Oh, I love this song. Oh, it This song meant something to me in high school. Does the girl makes boyfriends disappear? Oh. Two-faced girl. <laughs> I forgot about them. She's pregnant. They're secret. They still look pretty, pretty hot for compared to the original okay, Degrassi this kids. This is the later season, though. I yeah, this is later. This is oh, Eli and Claire. Oh my god, Grace! Okay, Eli did get hotter. This, this doesn't do much. Yeah, that is not indicative of Eli. Who thinks Grace? New Manny. <laughs> Part of the song on repeat? They had a lot to cover. That's why they picked this song. It's a very long refrain. I love that seduction's on there. Oh, it's incredible. Oh. Okay. You- Grace, being Eclair, I can see how you identified with that yeah. vibe. The haircut that Claire has is the haircut that I had. I wasn't going to say it, but that was specifically what I was thinking. I've seen pictures of you from that time. I was not pulling it off quite as well as Claire does, and Claire barely pulls it off. She barely pulls it off. I am curious about how the reboot will be treated and how the reboot will be received, because teen TV has changed a lot since Degrassi premiered. Mm -hmm. Okay, this brings me to (laughs) what I really wanted to talk about. I wanted to have like a brainstorming session, a a writer's room, if you will. I came up with like some good episodes for uh, Degrassi in the new era. I love it. I used like the original characters just as like archetypes as a jumping point. And I would love to hear if you have any ideas. Can you tell us what the archetype is? Like you're using the names, but can you also tell like me and Courtney, like, is it a jock persona? Is it like a A plus student persona? I can tell you so much about these kids. Okay. Okay. So we first I have like Toby Isaacs getting into crypto. Toby is like a tech nerd, but not in the nerd nerd way where he's smart. He's just good with computers, but is bad at school. Um, So here's my pitch for Toby. He's going to have like invested in Bitcoin way at the beginning because he is like a computer nerd and he's like, it's like cutting edge. oh, whatever. I need so- like, I'm just going to do this for fun for like the meme of it. Yeah. And then somehow he accidentally like makes a ton of money on it. So he suddenly is like really popular at school and he has to deal with uh, having money and staying true to himself. Yeah. Oh, OK. Money that's his own. And then he kind of like rebels against his parents, which is something he's never done. That's my pitch is like I was going to say 
my pitch on this is that he looks similar. He s- succeeds with crypto and he's like, how old is he? Like in a senior in high school, let's assume he's a senior. His parents really want him to go to college. And he just like, is like, no, I want to be an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And it's like, and he wants to like defy his parents of, or like defy the college experience and instead become like a Zuckerberg type. And as a school nerd, that's a very hard thing to reckon with for him because he all growing up always wanted to go to college. It was kind of an inevitability. And now he's realizing that might not be for him. And he never expected him to have that journey. That'd be good. Yeah. Or like maybe some tech startup reaches out to him and offers it. So it's like, Ooh, instead of him yeah. being like, it's like he's actually presented with an opportunity yeah, to start in college and get in at the, you know, the beginning of some tech startup that has a lot of potential. That's good. I love the introduction of crypto into this world. I love Thank it. You. You I to. tried to make it very current, you know? The thing about Degrassi is that it was always very finger on the pulse. Yes. For better or yeah. for worse. I've got just Paige Michael Chuck, who's our like classic mean girl. She does, I think, have a heart of gold, though. But just her trying to become an influencer and it's really difficult for her. They definitely mm. need to have someone trying to be an influencer. Right. But then Paige would get pissed because you know what? Manny Santos would definitely get famous doing TikTok dances. So Manny Santos for are non-educated is like kind of if you watch Euphoria, the Maddie Perez, she's like the girl who's like kind of effortlessly popular. Even she doesn't even seem to really care about it, yeah. she, but she is like hot. So all the guys like her. She's fun. So everyone just likes her. So she just mm. kind of like effortlessly has like that it factor. So obviously she would go viral on TikTok for something stupid and have more followers than Paige. Right. Totally. This one, um, I've got Terry McGregor being anti-vax and then Ashley Kerwin bullying her into getting a vaccine because Terry and Ashley were best friends. And Ashley was like, the overachiever, the like class president, all that. But she was such a bitch to all of her friends and namely Terry McGregor, who was like kind of like her her sidekick, who was like a thick woman and didn't get as much attention. Mm. Terry doesn't stand up for herself much. So if Ashley bullied her enough into getting vaccinated, she would. So good job, Ashley, this time. What would her grounds be? I think she probably would be like... I think something that Degrassi would explore, because I do think this is something that would come up, is a teenage Republican and how they feel like othered from their peers because they believe in things that their peers don't. And I think Terry is a good archetype for that because she feels kind of like meek with all these other big characters. And And so I think it becomes for her like a power struggle, particularly Mm. because Ashley is black or mixed at least no. which is just Ashley no is white. what you're thinking maybe of hazel hazel aden no i'm thinking of ashley ashley kerwin is white as day she's the one who went maybe I'm, turned goth. I'm looking i'm looking i'm looking anyway i think that some archetype is a teenage republican or do you think that it could be like her parents are republicans and they don't want her to get vaccinated and she kind of goes along with it but then she has like a revelation like from her friends that she's like oh actually i yeah. think this is what- that feels way think- more degrassi because they're not they don't lean too hard into politics or into no. religion well i don't but um, i think they would have to i think only if it's filmed in america if it's still in canada they can be pretty chill about it i think they would have trouble competing with other teen shows if they didn't have 
especially if they're doing this after school special type vibe, I think they have to address politics in some way, no matter where it's shot. And so whether it's a teenage Republican, which I think writes itself kind of, or if it's someone who like their parents vote Republican and they struggle with what that means. But I think politics are going to be at play in this new Degrassi. I'd be a nice reprieve from what's going on in culture. Dare to dream, not Degrassi, Mama. Degrassi is culture. <laughs> so, how do they? Because um, you said that they don't usually, or they don't often stray away from religion. That religion plays a part in it sometimes. Like, what is an example of that? A few different times, we've got like Hazel is like ashamed of her Muslim heritage. She's from Somalia, mm. but she tells everyone she's like Jamaican on Culture Day because she loves to make fun of the other Muslim girl. And then that Muslim girl, her display for culture day gets like, somebody writes like terrorist on it. And oh, boy. oh up my and God. Um, and then Hazel is like implicated in it by the girl. Cause she's like, well, Hazel's always such a bitch to me about my hijab. Like she probably did it. And then later we get into Spinner Darcy with the friendship circle, which is like the Christian club at Degrassi and Spinner's a born again virgin. Darcy is a verge. So religion becomes a big part of their lives. But it's never like in American. I feel like in American TV shows, it's like, here's these two huge sides and they almost look like they can never connect. And I feel like Degrassi finds a way to connect ideas so that you're like, hey, we can accept everybody. <laughs> I don't think teen shows in America really deal with religion. I can't think of any of the two in that way. I feel like, so I'm thinking specifically of um, Secret Life of the American Teenager. That was just propaganda. <laughs> I, was say, I like the way that it like deals with it is more like Christian propaganda than like conflict between religions. Mm-hmm. I do think that Degrassi's one thing is that it doesn't really shy away from a lot of different topics. Religion right. also, I think, comes up in a couple teenage pregnancy storylines because you know we got to have some teenage yeah. pregnancy Yeah, I was going to ask, course. yeah. Wait, can someone, instead of getting pregnant, can someone get an IUD or something? Like, Oh, that's good. Oh, someone like makes a fake ID to get an IUD without their parents' permission. Okay, I've also got, um, we've got a few different stances on Black Lives Matter. From So we've got like, that's definitely coming up. Spinner gets canceled because he's like so stupid and just thinks I don't, I don't know i mean i think all lives matter well just saying, is he an all lives matter or is he like a thin blue line no he's all lives matter he just doesn't get it spinner's kind of stoner adjacent just kind of like dumb skater he's like boy the blue type. he's gonna have a youtube plot line so he, too uh, where he's like <laughs> been radicalized he definitely says like oh it's perfect there's like a school assembly about black lives matter and they're in the hallway after and spinner's like I don't know. I just feel like all lives matter. And he doesn't mean it bad, but he realizes by the end of the episode, he's like, I realize now that I said that from a place of privilege. Yeah, that's definitely and that's definitely it's interesting because his best friend is Jimmy, who is played by Drake. Okay, and then also on the Black Lives Matter tip, we have Emma Nelson getting like way too white savior about it and like Mm. silencing black voices. Emma Nelson is kind of our archetypal ingenue of Degrassi. So she's like our environmentalist. She's always got a cause going. Yeah, so she gets way too, she like organizes the Black Lives Matter assembly. Right. And she says to like, you know, the Jimmy character, like, well, I don't want you to have to do any more work. And he's like, well, right. Yeah, it's my turn to do some labor. But she hires like a bunch of like white speakers 
Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've also got, um, we need like an OnlyFans storyline. <laughs> Obviously yeah. age appropriate or somebody lying about their age. It's just pictures of my feet. <laughs> <laughs> or like Manny's perfect for the OnlyFans storyline. Okay. So Manny was my thought, but then to make it like juicier, I thought like, what if we have JT York, who's our class clown, what if we have him getting like pretty, a good following on OnlyFans queer baiting? Oh. oh. Yeah. JT York is a class clown, cute little skinny boy, beloved character who, spoiler, dies. Yeah. Oh. He got I was stabbed. hoping to rewatch some of these because I figured when HBO Max was taking on the show that they were going to play all of the old ones. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do a binge. You should so watch don't spoil it too much. They can be seen on Prime Video. Oh, I didn't know that. It's good to know. You'll want to know that JT dies because if you don't know, it'll be very heartbreaking. <laughs> it it really did ruin me. It ruined my life. <laughs> um, I do think JT queer baiting is a great thing. And then that offers up a parallel to Liberty, who Liberty's like a straight A student, JT's eventual love interest, that I think she then struggles with that with JT yeah and then she has to come to terms with her not feeling comfortable in her own sexuality as a woman I think that's an interesting storyline for those two and then on that tip I also have um Liberty starting a podcast but it goes really poorly until she has JT on as a guest and then (gasps) everyone loves that episode so she makes him a co-host oh I love that what's her podcast about it's just her trying to like talk about issues what's going on it's very like educational let me explain to you because and it's perfect for liberty because she needs a podcast because nobody else will fucking listen to her unless she yeah she needs to build an audience because she's certainly not getting it in the classroom yeah that girl never got respect oh so that could be part of it too is her popularity goes up after creating the podcast and she has to like manage that and she notices her how linked her popularity is to JT. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. So then she gets controlling, but she's like, like a girlfriend. But then she has to like realize she's not his girlfriend. Well, she's like reckoning with being a girlfriend and a business partner. Yeah. Which is not something she signed up for when she started her silly little podcast. I think that's interesting. Very of the moment. Then I have my next episode. <laughs> Sean Cameron are like classic bad boy, but like is sweet inside like he the heartbreaker that boy with a heart of gold yeah Ooh, um those. well he gets into vaping and it like <laughs> ruins emma's world wait vaping smokes or vaping weed? smokes Cigarettes. no yeah he, okay. he just has a tough home life he lives with his brother oh and he like talks to his brother and his brother like this will help calm you down and it's like a cigarette oh. and he's like it's not like bad like a cigarette because it has a flavor yeah. to yeah and Emma's like, I can't believe you would be so blind. Don't you know that 50% of, and she goes off into a statistic. Right, yeah. I could imagine him being rushed to the hospital for like shortness of breath or something. <laughs> and it comes out that he has like vape lung or whatever. It is. Oh, you know, he has, like, is he an athlete? No. No, he's a bad boy with a head of gold. Oh, I. he does become a wrestler eventually. I was gonna say that he sure. kind of has like, it's somehow related to like, like he has like a cardiac event. Like he's lifting weights and he's like, oh, and he looks at the vape. Like he gets on his Peloton <laughs> and then he falls yeah. off. Yeah. He dies in the shower. <laughs> okay. Another JT one. He comes out as non-binary, but only because he doesn't like understand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
he like comes out as non-binary but doesn't know what that means he just like i don't know why what his misunderstanding is but i do know that he is the right character to come out as non-binary and not know why he learns something on liberty's podcast yeah and then liberty's like oh should we use they them pronouns for you and he said no maybe that's he, okay funny. and this can tie us into the hbo max verse maybe he sees how much pussy che diaz gets and is like oh i gotta do that that's so funny page on the dating apps of course maybe getting a sugar daddy from the dating apps is a good episode i feel it but it has to take like a dangerous turn of course yes like she accidentally sees a guy and she's like oh this is actually creepy first she almost gets pregnant here's my question what do you want to do with marcos or formerly token gay marco del rossi Marco okay, so Marco wasn't in, token gay. wasn't in like the season one cast, so that's why he's not on that list. But but he's friends with Spinner. He's like one of the boys, but he is the token gay. Marco, how do we do something well, with a gay character that's interesting? Okay, well, Marco actually did really have an um an interesting episode that I really loved. He was um not allowed to donate blood because he was oh, gay. Oh yeah, and then he went to do like work on the AIDS crisis in Africa for the summer. Oh. So that I think that storyline is actually like pretty perfect. Even though oh and his segment gets cut cut from the news when he like tell like goes on the news saying that like this is right. why I wasn't allowed to give blood. Um what's plaguing the gay episode. community now? Oh probably like open relationships. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh sure. I like how we went for the AIDS crisis open, uh, what, open relationships. What if he's like really? What if he's like an advocate for prep? Like he goes on Ooh, prep, prep, and then yep. he starts like bringing it to school to like inspire other gays to be on prep. And then there's a rumor that he may have had that he does have AIDS. Exactly, some bully or someone is like he's got AIDS, and he's like, no, I'm actually, prep. prep, and he like gives, gives a gives statistic, a and yeah. then prep collects a bunch of money for the sponsorship. Yeah, and then another like um, a closeted gay kid comes up to him and like gets some prep from him, and then that kid's parents find out. And then oh, and he gets in good. trouble or like they try to get him in trouble with the school. And then ultimately, the yeah, like, well, we do believe in safe sex. Yeah, I think in the old, old Degrassi, they had something similar with condoms. There you go. That sounds Love right. That. Is the new condom. Here's I said it. So we have Emma admiring, but being bitterly jealous of Greta Thunberg. For being <gasps> totally. the, the environment. environmental influencer. I love that. She just pretends to be an old man cyberbullying her. Not even cyberbully, but like, I think she's just in her friend group. She's like, well, the thing is, like, Greta Thunberg doesn't have like a nuanced understanding. She's just a kid. Right. Right. She just like right. slyly talks shit and all of her friends are like, girl, we really don't care. Yeah. Love that. And like the man he's standing is like, who's Greta Thunberg? <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, of course, to bring it all full circle for you, the Gossier listeners, Jimmy Brooks putting hot sauce in his condoms. <gasps> Oh my god! Brilliant. Thank you. I love that. that is oh, I'm Chef's kiss. Thank you. Thank you. I was proud of that one. Which of the girls is the one who pulls out the condom from the trash? Hazel. Hazel and Jimmy dated. I was gonna say Ellie. Oh well, Jimmy had three major loves: Ashley, Hazel, Ellie. I think Ellie's the most likely of those three. Yeah, Ellie. Ellie would try to trap a man. So here's my final question of Degrassi reboot. Mm. And this can be either realistic or wish list. 
Who do you think is going to come from Degrassi to be a teacher at New Degrassi, if anyone? Okay, well, who I want is Craig, played by Jake Epstein. Manny, played by Cassie Steele. Um, I mean, I would really take any of them from like the first eight seasons. I really love those kids. And Emma and Spinner, of course, are still married, so. That, I don't accept that as part of the canon. But that's Degrassi. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us, Eric. Eric, where can our listeners find you? So I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Eric Michael Raj, R-H-A at the end. I also have a Degrassi podcast called Regrassi. We go there. We only have done season one so far, and it's been like a year or two. But I would like to do season two and definitely would like to do the HBO Max one. So that Instagram is at Regrassi, W-G-T. And yeah, we're on all the podcasting, whatever as regressy colon we go there i can't wait to i hope you do the new one i would love to listen i'll i'll try to watch thank you i'll catch up i'll watch all of it i'll, I'll watch all of it all before, 14 so. seasons <laughs> all five thousand episodes they have a channel on like the pluto tv thing and that oh, just plays nice. degrassi 24 7 and you can really just hop in and like figure out where you're at and just go for the ride Bridget, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. TikTok, I haven't posted anything yet, but it's the same handle. <laughs> at Bridget underscore suck it. How about you, Courtney? You can find me on Instagram at C underscore Doisy and on Twitter at The Real Doisy. And Grace, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Grace Piper and on TikTok at Grapes Pipes. And you can find this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at The Gossier. On our profiles, you'll find a link in our bio that is a link tree. There's a lot of options there. One is our submission form. If you have something you want to talk about, we will read it and probably do it. We do have veto power, though. And you'll also find a link to, I can't stress it enough, our new Patreon. You can get a shout out, a newsletter, a special episode, and unfiltered, unedited pod, all for the low, low price of $10 or lower a month. You really can't beat that. So go ahead and check that out if you're interested. And while you're like on your computer hopping around, go ahead and give us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts and five stars on Spotify, which you can do now. Uh, So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Watch out for that shark. It's in the water.